Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a wonderful week. Well, these few weeks in September, I think, are a little bit overwhelming, at least for me as a Bravo viewer, because we have four franchises on at the same time. Four Housewives franchises. I feel like I can't keep up. It's like all the time there's a new episode, a new reunion, a premiere. There's so much going on, but I had a great time with my guest Eddie chatting all things, literally almost every franchise we covered. <laughs> um, I also was on Emily Hanks' podcast, She Speaks Bravo, this week. So if you want to hear some deep thoughts about this week's Real Housewives of Orange County, as well as some crazy stories from when I lived in Bangladesh and um, other stuff. Definitely head over and listen to that. In terms of Bravo news that's going around, it seems as though Kim and Croy have called off their divorce for the second time and are trying to reconcile. At this point, their relationship is honestly a joke. And they're if they're going to reconcile, like, is this because they can't afford lawyer's fees and they can't afford the divorce? Or is it because they really want to figure out how to make things work? Regardless, it's so dramatic and so unhealthy for their family for them to keep splitting up calling the police on each other, you know, saying, I'm taking the kids full custody, all this stuff, trashing each other in the press, and then being like, never mind, <laughs> like, JK, <laughs> like, what is so crazy? At first, I was like, maybe it'd be interesting to have Kim back on Atlanta, but no, no, absolutely not. She is too toxic, and I think I forgot how problematic she was <laughs> when I thought that. Another interesting sort of breakup is the Carl and Lindsay of it all. So it's been over a week, and neither of them have made a public statement. They haven't made a joint statement. Their wedding website is apparently still up. Wedding guests have not been notified that the wedding is called off. I, I don't really know what to think or what's going on. And there have been these really wild rumors about Carl, which I don't particularly believe uh, that he had some other girl he was with on the side and there was a pregnancy scare. I don't really buy that. Um, there's also another rumor that I also don't buy, which is that he was waiting until a certain time to tell Lindsay and end it because of some kickbacks he was going to get from the hotel that they were doing the wedding at. It's the same hotel that all of these, you know, Bravo franchises go to. It's the hotel that Sheena got married at on Vanderpump Rules last season. It's the hotel that the ladies of the OC are at currently uh, on their trip to Mexico. So, I don't know. I think that they had that, you know, contract with the hotel because part of it probably would be filmed. And um, yeah, the hotel seems to like Bravo and Bravo celebrities. So 
I don't know what to think about all of it. I do feel terrible that it happened, but um, definitely waiting until more information comes out because I just don't think we know a whole lot other than Lindsay is uh, away in Portugal at a wedding of, I think her name is Jacqueline. She was on season one of Summer House and you know, glad to see her, you know, up and about. But um, whatever has transpired, I'm sure it has been extremely traumatic for her. So wishing both her and Carl the best. Heading over to Potomac, it appears that Eddie Osefo, Dr. Wendy Osefo's husband, has started a cannabis line called Happy Eddie, which is honestly hilarious. <laughs> like, he better be at BravoCon giving those things out to everyone. <laughs> I mean, we'll pay for it, obviously, but... Oh my gosh, how clever. That is really how you capitalize on a moment. And I hope we get some sort of, you know, party launch on this next season of Potomac, because um, how hilarious would that be to see the grand dame Karen Huger taking some Happy Eddie edibles? (laughs) I would absolutely love it. Coming up this week is the premiere of Southern Charm, and I haven't figured out if I'm going to include it in my recaps or just maybe recap it in the beginning and not have all my guests, because not all my guests watch Southern Charm. So we shall see. Um, But I am going to be in Minnesota for Rosh Hashanah, so I am recording just a tad early this week and so won't be covering absolutely everything on next week's pod. But on the following week, I will get all into some of that Southern charm drama. It appears, you know, every time I feel like there's a premiere of Southern charm or news about Southern charm. Thomas Ravenel just like has to rear his ugly head and like stir up shit. He was making comments on social media about how Leva is boring. Then he was saying terrible things about his children's mother, Catherine Dennis. And he is just someone like he's so awful. And I remember being so skeeved out watching those first few seasons of Southern Charm like so skeeved out by him and by JD, his friend, that I was like, this is disgusting. Like these men are awful. (laughs) And I'm just so glad he's no longer on the show. And I'm really interested to see what happens this coming season. All right. So my guest this week is Eddie from the podcast Martinis with Eddie. He is so funny. We laughed so much during this chat. I absolutely adore him and can't wait to meet him at BravoCon, as well as those of you who are attending. You all know that I wasn't able to attend the first three years and have been saving up to go, and I'm just so, so, so excited. So if you are going to BravoCon, definitely let me know. I would hope to meet up with you there. Um, As always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. And if you have any constructive criticism, my DMs are open. You can find me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram and Twitter, although... I check my Instagram DMs way more. (laughs) I'm uh, trying to spend a little less time on the app formerly known as Twitter. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then back with Eddie. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I am here with the man with the most soothing, amazing voice, Eddie from, he's the host of the podcast Martinis, T-E-A, with Eddie. And he is a big presence online, on social media, everything. And he is just so fun. So we're here to spill the tea together. How are you doing? Yes, we are. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm so excited. We've been playing this for such a long time that I love when things just like fall into place and we can make things happen. So I'm very excited to be here. I'm so excited. I guess maybe I should ask you your housewife's origin story. When did you get involved in watching the housewives? And when did it become sort of like, oh, just I'm a casual viewer to like, no, I love this. <laughs> yes. Well, housewife, I mean, I, it kind of came naturally because I've been watching Bravo for two decades now, you know? Wow. I, yeah, I started watching Bravo when it was uh, like Project Runway and Queer Out for the Straight Guy and like all the shows that kind of like kind of started Bravo being like the reality TV network like where you go to watch like fun reality TVs. And then I remember when OC premiere, I was so captivated by this like idea of like going behind the gates of Orange County because that was kind of like the main like that was like the the, the plot. Just go into uh, an area that is like gated and nobody goes in unless it's like permitted by the people who live there. So um I was right away like like on it um and then i became like a big fan of the show when jersey came out okay um i because i grew up in jersey i actually grew up in richwood in that's the neighborhood where they filmed most of the first season um so seeing place that i knew growing up was kind of like okay this is this is even better and what cemented me as a fan of like franchises across the board was beverly hills uh that's when they introduced Lisa Vanderpump changed my life. Like as a viewer <laughs> changed my life. So uh, that's why I always been like the Jersey Beverly Hills, like fanatic. Like those two are like my two favorite franchises. Um, then obviously over the years, like I started to use Twitter and I like, just tweet to myself. I never expect anything to happen with my tweets. Uh, but during the pandemic, I noticed that maybe because we were all like stuck at home yeah. and rewatching shows, uh, I started to see an engagement going up. And I was like, OK, maybe people do give a damn my, my own opinion, you know. Um, obviously, with that came negative, you know, commentary and trolls and whatever. But I don't care. That's part of the game. Yeah. Then uh what made me feel like I can take the next step into creating content was when I realized that not only fans and trolls were, you know, commenting on my posts, but Bravo Labs started to like 
contact like 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 commenting or like uh, following me and the blue checks are starting to like pop like every other day that make me feel like okay my voice matters to some people so i'm gonna use it to like create a platform and that's how you know martina with eddie was created and everything else like you know the podcast the youtube channel and all the stuff I love that. That's so fun. So you were really involved from the beginning, but it was really Jersey that kind of tipped you over the edge. Yes. I, I mean, Jersey, as somebody from Jersey, I understand their dynamics. I okay. understand where they're coming from. <laughs> their family dynamics, like people think that's crazy, but that is very Jersey. Um, I, I don't know, maybe because we don't sugarcoat anything. Uh, yeah. We can get a little too feisty sometimes. So I appreciated that about that, you know, franchise because before that it was Orange County has that like very Californian, you know, gated community vibe. Yeah, it has funny moments. And then you have New York, uh, you know, it was fun too. But I always feel like every single of those franchises, something was missing. And to me, it was the connection with the people on it. And with Jersey, I felt that connection because I'm from that area. Like, I, I know these places. We go to the same restaurant. We have the same family dynamics. So, yeah, I mean, Jersey definitely changed the way that I see uh, housewives. And so you also are following everything that's going on while filming is happening. So I had thought that they were going to hold up filming and film in the winter so that we would have Christmas and all of that going on in Jersey. But they started filming, I think, maybe a month ago. And we had, you know, them go down to the Jersey Shore and we had another baseball game, you know. And so it seems like they're not actually changing anything. Do you have any thoughts on that? Or do you know any reason why they started filming kind of at the same time? I mean, I don't think they have a particular reason for filming so quick. I was expecting a fall, uh, you know, filming start. I was expecting it to start in October. When I found out that they were actually going to do an August uh, filming, you know, starting date, I was shocked, uh, especially after the way the reunion went down. Uh, I, I don't think even the housewife were expecting to go back into filming so quick. Um, I, I do know that a lot happened before that, like a lot of like talking back and forth and uh, even online, you can see like a lot of people were like, you know, like leaking or um, creating, you know, like, I don't know, what's it called? Blinds mm. that, you know, th- there was a cast uh, kind of like people pushing back and not wanting to film with other people. So um, that maybe was the reason why they kind of delayed it to August because usually Jersey for the past few seasons has filmed during the summer. Uh, which I'm tired. I mean, I'm exhausted of the summer because one of the most beautiful seasons in Jersey are fall and winter. So we get to see the decoration of the houses, the Halloween time. We see Christmas, Thanksgiving, which we are missing because one of the greatest moments in Jersey in, as a franchise happened during the holiday seasons. Right. That's so interesting. Who do you think is the biggest leak on the cast because some franchises like it was obviously Lisa Rinna on Beverly Hills because now she's gone and we haven't heard that many leaks about this next season basically at all so Mm -hmm. you know 
you can <laughs> deduce that it was her. But on <laughs> Jersey, it's been the same cast for a while. We got a couple new people, but the leaking has been going on for a very long time. I mean, do you yes. have any idea? I do have an idea. Most people, no, I'm going to share. I mean, most people might, uh, might disagree with me, but I do think that Margaret Joseph is the, the person behind the leaks of like at least 90% of the league of New Jersey. Um, especially last season and the season before when all the Louis Ruela situation was happening and how it was like the way that it was timed uh, seemed uh, kind of like produced for a reason. Uh, that's when I started to notice who was leaking what, who was talking to who. So uh, do I know this for, for a fact? No, but based on my observation of who's leaking the information and the way that it's being portrayed to the public, I do think that it has to be um, in that camp. Either Margaret Just, I do believe also that Melissa Gorga has an extremely tight connection with uh, bloggers and social media. Uh, I mean, it's, that's not a bad thing to do. I mean, it, it happens in every franchise. I mean, if you have connection with uh, paparazzi or whatever, that's great to have. Uh, like you said, like Lisa Rena had her connection with TMZ and uh, Radar Online and all these people, and she used them to her advantage to to push uh, storylines. Um, I do feel like, at least on the camp, Melissa and Margaret, they have you know they're heavily connected with like Page Six and you know all this like more like East Coast bigger uh, entertainment news. Um, so that's how I feel. I mean, and obviously. This is just me. This is my observation, and people might agree, might disagree, but yeah. <laughs> no, I think that makes sense. Especially most of the stories that come out are pretty negative towards Teresa, so I would assume it would be people who aren't big fans of her that, <laughs> that are tweeting. Correct. <laughs> um, and she knows who you are, which I find to be like wild. Teresa does because you were. Did you interview her recently? I was invited to her podcast. Ah, with um, Melissa. Yes. The um, other Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Melissa Fister. I adore her. She She's is really nice. She's been on my podcast. Yeah. Very nice person. Her energy she was on my podcast too. And that's how we connected. Uh, I reached out to her and I wasn't expecting an, an answer because I'm like, she has a podcast with Teresa Judah. She might not be interested in being on Martini with Eddie with Eddie. So <laughs> uh, she she replied to me saying that she was very excited to do it. And uh, we did it. And we, you know, we, we kept in contact. Every time that I reach out to her, she always like, you know, replies. Uh, she's she's being very friendly. Um, so they they moved to a different uh, platform because Teresa wanted to have fans or people who love her on the show to call in, right? Um, so I got reached out by Melissa and by her producer, being like, "Hey Eddie, I know you you love Teresa. I know you really you know good friend with Melissa. Um, we would like you to to be the first call in person." Uh, wow. Teresa had. Teresa had no idea, and that's why some people were like, "Why? Why she? Why she acted like she didn't know who you were, or like wait until the last minute to realize who you were?" I was like, "Because she didn't know who was coming on. Yeah. She just wanted to have fans on it." Um, obviously, I said like, "Ah, uh, da, yes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and, and it was one of those experiences that I'm, I'm always going to remember because I got to see what happened behind the scene on her show and how she reacts to fans, like, like pure reactions, you know, um, stuff that maybe don't make to the, to the cut that, that you see online. Uh, she, Teresa was so excited to see fans on her show that at one point, the last girl was that was on the show with her mom her mom was like talking about all the stuff that she was so excited that she met Teresa in many places that when her daughter told her that they were going to be on it, it was kind of like a magical moment for her. And the time was kind of like running out for them and they weren't going to be, they weren't going to be able to ask their question because mm -hmm. that's another thing that I liked. They didn't tell me Eddie asked this question to Teresa or to Melissa. And they said like, Eddie, just prepare a question and just ask the questions. Uh, so, when the girl was going to ask the question, uh, production was telling them, like, just invite her for the next episode because we're running out of time. And Teresa said, like, no, 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 no. We are going to have her ask the question right now. I want to know what she want to ask. I mean, she came, she, she, she came on the podcast. Yeah, she, she took made the, the effort time to be to here. Be on this. Yeah. So I'm going to respect her time. And also, she's my fan. I want to know what she had to say. I appreciated that. Because uh, a lot of the time, people don't realize that some Bravo Labs are not that nice to their fans. Some Bravo Labs think that they are Oscar winning, uh, you know, actors <laughs> and actresses. And they have this ego that when people approach them, they're very cold and, and disengaged really easily. But seeing somebody that I, you know, I admire in some kind of level, like just as a reality TV star, as a mom, as somebody from Jersey, I, I, I look at Teresa and I appreciate who she is for who she is. Um, seeing that side of her that most people don't get to see uh, reinforce why I like her, you know. Um, also, the, the fact that she realized who I was at the end when she, when she heard Melissa saying like, okay, Eddie from Martini with Eddie, you can see in her face. She's like looking around, like thinking, like like a, like a bulb just went just went on, mm -hmm. and she's like, "Wait a minute, I know who you are." And she got all excited. That reaction to me alone was like, "This is this is gold." So I'm excited for BravoCon. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be seeing her. Me too. Oh, nice. I'm going? going. Yeah, it's my first yes. time. So the last two Ooh. times I've had weddings on BravoCon weekend of very good friends that I could not skip. So. Um, I'm so excited. Uh, it's my first time back in Vegas since like 2012. <laughs> so <laughs> I've avoided Vegas for, it'll be like, you know, 11 years. years. Yeah. The so years, yeah. I am, I'm ready to go back. I'm so excited to meet people and mainly just to meet other Bravo fans and enjoy it because when you engage on social media, there's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of people who complain. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. This person needs to be fired. I'm like, I like these shows and I watch for an ensemble, which is why it's been a little bit hard the last year of Jersey because they haven't wanted to be an ensemble. They're like split yes. and there's a couple people that cross over like Dolores is kind of friends with people on all sides, but I, there needs to be some change. People need to understand that this is a not one woman show, not two woman show, you know, but it is really an ensemble cast. And I, I hope they figure that out because like Miami is one of my favorites right now. And it's because I really feel like they understand that it's an ensemble and that everyone brings something 
you know, you don't have to get along with everyone to realize that they all have value. I agree. Also, like you said, like Miami understands the assignment of yes. like knowing when to fight and ha- be dramatic with each other and when to stop and being just human because we saw it. We saw it on uh, on those episodes when Lisa Hushton revealed that she was going through her issues. Like they were all having issues between each other, but in those moments that they were with her, they were a sisterhood. So I appreciate that of that franchise. I think Miami was one of the most successful rebooting that Brow has ever done. And it's all thanks to Peacock. Because Peacock put all their money and all their like all their eggs in that basket. Because they didn't have anything else besides that and maybe Ultimus Girls Trip. But they knew that Miami was their golden ticket for like success as a streaming channel. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this next season two that is coming up. We don't have much information about it, but we know that there is going to be a lot of fun stuff. I'm sure it'll be fun. I'm very interested to see Gertie, uh, who's battling breast cancer, and how they're going to navigate that, how she's navigating it with her family and with her work. Yeah. She's always been go, go, go. You kind of can't do that when you're going through chemotherapy. So, um, And I'm sure she'll use her platform to you know, educate all of us about it. And I'm, I'm sure the women are all rallying around her. And I love how even, you know, Dolores, Dolores. You know, her baseball event is always for cancer and stuff like that. Um, so having her, you know, a t-shirt with like a shout out for Gertie, I think that was so sweet. Reinforcing why it's important to, to, uh, to see all these ladies as a sisterhood, like even right. from across franchises. I mean, before, and that's what I like about what Brad was doing right now. Back in the day when we first started watching uh, Housewife, um, Bravo made it feel like each city was like a bubble. Like they didn't know each other. They never talk about like, you know, being friends with a different housewife or whatever from a different city. It felt like they wanted to keep that bubble of like Beverly Hills in one city, OC in one city. Uh, New Jersey here and nobody nobody I mean I'm like how can you live in New Jersey in Bergen County and have no idea who are the girls from New York across the river that doesn't make any sense especially if you work on the same uh, network you know so the fact that Bravo opened that gate and is allowing like people to give shout outs on on different franchises and and having Taylor being the first uh, housewife to uh, make a full crossover uh, from one city to another, uh, is is giving a new renaissance to the Housewife franchises. And it comes from the Ultimus Girls Trip concept. That broke so many uh, barriers. Like the fourth wall, now it's, it, it, it made it more like, okay, to break the fourth wall. It made it okay to have a Housewife and acknowledge, the, acknowledge their friend with people from different franchises. So I'm here for all that stuff. Me too. I love Ultimate Girls Trip. It's so fun. I can't wait for the next one to come out. And those have just been the best. I loved the first one. I mean, that was because it was nice to see it not be mainly about drama, but just women connecting. And it doesn't have yes. to be that dramatic. It doesn't have to be, you know, all of that. But what is dramatic and what I do want to get into next is The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is back. Ooh. I don't know about you, but I was actually worried about the show post-Jen Shaw. And I feel like they just figured it out. They got 
two, you know, new people. We've met Angie K before, and now we've got Monica, and they just hit the ground running. Oh my yes. goodness! Um, so, what did you think of the first two minutes where? They say, you know, Bermuda, May 10th, 2023. And then you're like, well, what happened in Bermuda? And you see Heather Gay freaking out. She says she's been betrayed. I cannot believe it's her. How could she do this to us? Number one, what did you think of how that was filmed? And two, who do you think the betrayer is? Well, uh, it's funny you mentioned this because this is one question that I was like talking to to my uh uh, guest last night on my podcast. Um, I think my theory on this is that Jen Shah left a lot of bombs on Monica's hand, and she's going to be dropping them all over the season. And one of those bombs is going to be about Heather Gay, and Monica is going to probably like leak it or something. It, it, it seems to me that uh, Heather reaction was very personal so i don't think it's any of the cast on like right now somebody who's on it because she has never been so close to any of those girls like maybe whitney but even with whitney the reaction was too extreme so it has to be from somebody who she felt it was a ride or die with and the only person that she's been Riding so hard, and I still do not understand why it's Jensha. <laughs> no one because, does. I mean, let's be. <laughs> let, I mean, I'm like, girl, that that women treat you horrible. That women call you names every time that she had the chance. She made fun of your weight or and your and your uh, whatever uh, Mormon book or whatever. I mean, she was definitely not your friend, but you still wrote that until the last day of like her going to jail. So it doesn't make any sense. Do you believe, Heather, when she says that, you know, um, she doesn't miss Jen, that she hasn't been in communication with Jen, that they didn't have enough boundaries in their friendship and she's ready to kind of reset? Or do you think she's misleading us? I think she's misleading us. I, I, I think she saw the reaction of people from last season because honestly, I'm surprised that she's even back on the show. Because after the reaction of fans between the whole Jen Shah debacle and the Black Eye, and then trying to sell books saying that the Black Eye answer was in the book when it was not even mentioned once. I mean, Heather missed the mark so many times last season that I thought it was going to be like her way out of the show. No, so I was going to say, yeah, I, I still believe that she, in some level, wants Jen to be around and probably wanted to talk to her. Do I think she has spoken to her? I don't know, especially based on uh, th- how Jen Shah went over, you know, leaving the show the last time she publicly spoke about the show. Uh, I don't think no one on that show wants to be directly connected to her if they want to keep their contract i see i i don't know i'm so disappointed in heather because we thought she was sort of the relatable one she wasn't as confident as the other women we all kind of connected with her she was funny and now it seems like it's sort of put on and that there is this underside of her that is much darker the jokes that are much meaner and I mean, we saw this on Ultimate Girls Trip, where she joked kind of about Leah 
getting drunk and Leah is sober and in recovery. I mean, it's just so many things that just don't add up. Like, why are you behaving this way? And I just, I worry that she's not as authentic. I also feel like Meredith is not as authentic as I thought she was because she's a lawyer. She's not dumb. Mm -hmm. Okay. She knew as soon as Jen Shaw was in trouble that Jen Shaw did it, right? The Southern District of New York, like everyone is innocent until proven guilty, but you can infer how likely someone is to be guilty (laughs) depending on the circumstances. And the Southern District of New York does not play around. They have like a 97 or 98% conviction rate. You know, they are so... They don't bring charges unless they know they can win. So mm-hmm. how any of them, especially Meredith, who is a trained <laughs> an attorney and a former practicing attorney, would stand by Jen, and then it makes no sense. No sense. Yes. And someone who she says was unkind and mean and trolling of her gay son about being gay, like all of that, it just doesn't add up. All because what? You got mad at Lisa Barlow? It just, it makes no it, sense to me. Yeah, I, I, I was shocked when uh, Meredith and Jane bonded, like after they went to Los Angeles. I like, she was just liking and tweeting mean stuff about your your son um you know i i I don't get it i i I do think that um there has to be more to that story maybe previous businesses together something i think she knows stuff about meredith very suspicious and heather that they don't want getting out because there's no other reason why you would be friends with someone like that she's a i mean i know that she is charismatic and i think that was what pulled heather in but meredith doesn't fall for that shit exactly heather does she's more <laughs> meredith she, yeah. doesn't so I mean, like you said meredith a lawyer they yeah. have like cold minds they they don't think with their heart they think with like <laughs> uh, <laughs> no it's true like every not, third no. person in the city i live in is a lawyer <laughs> no, my mother is a lawyer so that's how i know like people don't understand that like I grew up with a person who, yeah, she loved me to death. Like she tell me she loved me every single day. But she runs the house like it's a courtroom. You know, mm. like everything has to be done in a certain way. She's very calculated. She uh she was planning my life for the first eighteen years of my life. And obviously I was the the black sheep because I didn't follow that plan. Because <laughs> I wanted to create a life of my own. Uh, so I, I totally know what you're saying because when when it comes to lawyer, it's not like oh it's a coincidence or like oh they feel so bad and like no they're thinking they're processing in their brain they're what's happening the, where the information yeah oh and yeah they know All yeah it's oh my god that's so funny my mom was a social worker and so you can imagine how many feelings we talked about. <laughs> Growing up, it was like she had this um, magnet on the fridge with maybe like 70 different faces. And each face was a cartoon and it was a different emotion. Happy, sad, scared. And then like it got into, you know, deeper, more complicated emotions. And every day we had to move this square. It was like a picture frame over whatever feeling or emotion we had and talk about it. Yeah, that that didn't happen in my house. 
<laughs> and it's like my dad who's like from Russia was just like what is this shit you know like <laughs> he like, had no idea what was happening <laughs> and we did it all the time <laughs> with my mom <laughs> he just like stepped back he's like you're in charge of the kids you tell me what to do I'll follow what you say because the way I was raised isn't that great and if you say this works then we'll go with it <laughs> It was, it was pretty damn funny. Um, okay, want to get your thoughts on Monica. So how shocked were you when you found out that she was the informant or potential informant, you know, with the federal government against Jen Shaw and that she had this friend in the Secret Service who was like, stay away from her. You know, we've got intel that they're, they're digging into her. It's not going to be good. Jaw to the floor. Absolutely shocked. to the floor. Yes. I mean, and that was, honestly, casting-wise, genius. Because they didn't shy away from finding somebody who was directly connected to, to Jane Shaw, but somebody who is willing to admit that, you know, low-key, she kind of knew what was going to happen. And maybe being part of the reason why Jane Shaw was... Uh, found and captured in the first place so to me it was like i was like this woman is ready to like to not give a fuck <laughs> yeah i wonder if she was actually planning she said i became a witness for the federal government meaning yes. that she probably was ready to testify in court that july when they were having the when they were supposed to have the trial and then jen eventually had a, entered a guilty plea Yes. It's That's what absolutely I think too. wild. 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 And I mean, it, I, I just, I wish, I, I want to know if Jane Shot was watching the episode and I want to see Jane Shot's reactions to Monica saying that in her confessional because that, that was intense. And like knowing that, you know, Monica was really connected to Jen Shah and the information given. You know, she said, you know what? She told me, do you want to become rich? This is what you need to do. So literally, you know, Monica said, you know, I knew about the scam. I knew that this is a scam and that's why I stepped back, you know? So uh, anyone who's trying to defend Jen Shah saying that, oh, she was not involved and she just was like a victim of like the circumstances... No, I mean, there's more and more and more proof that she, in fact, was the, the head of the organization, you know? Yeah, and that's what the SDNY said, and they don't get things wrong. They just don't, <laughs> you know, very rarely. So these are federal prosecutors. I mean, they dot every I, they cross every T. There is not one speck of information that they cannot draw from in order to try their case. And I agree. It's wild. Um, I find it crazy that she has children raging in ages 5 to 17, yet she's only 38. And she yes. divorced her husband and then remarried him and now is going through the process of a second divorce. I mean, she's obviously going to be an incredible housewife just based on that alone. <laughs> you know? like she has, every, she has every single ingredient to be a housewife. Uh, the only ingredient that she doesn't have, obviously, is that she's not really wealthy. But that make her even more willing to go to like different streams because she needs the Bravo money, probably. You know, 
you know, you said that she's going through a divorce. She had said it on the show, like, hey, I was somebody's assistant. I mean, when she said, like, I, 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 I got excited when Jen Shah said, you, you want to make $600,000 a year? That, that means that she is, is maybe in, in, a, in a tax uh, bracket that is not the same as, like, the other ladies. You know, immediately you kind of, like, put that one and one together. So I'm excited for her, even though I love Lisa Barlow. I, I'm a Barlow. I'm a Barlow. I, I mean, well, I don't know she's what, incredible to watch on television. Oh yeah, she it, she she's uh she's one of those people that even in person. I mean, what you see, what you get. It's like yeah. she's not like putting on a show for the show. I mean, meeting her in person and like outside of like any filming or Bravo event and realize that Lisa Barlow does act like Lisa Barlow. It's like incredible. So I mean, I do love my Lisa Barlow. But I do think that the show needed somebody to, like, shake things up. And I think Monica is ready to do that. I'm so ready for it. Speaking of Lisa Barlow, what did you think about her opening up and crying about her son, Jack, not sharing with her and her husband that he was going to go on a mission, which in yes. the LDS church is two years. And apparently you're not supposed to have any contact with your I mean, family yes. and you do quote unquote service projects <laughs> and spread the message of Jesus Christ, which you can imagine how I feel about that. I'm not a yeah. big fan of like missionaries I think they take advantage of uh, people in other countries. And, you know, as a Jewish person, I have been the victim of a lot of people trying to convert me. <laughs> I just think it's really patronizing and obnoxious. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I am, I mean, I'm not a fan of uh, uh, organized religions. I'm not a fan whatsoever. I grew up in a very conservative Catholic family. Mm-hmm. So, church and the bible was like literally on the daily like like i'm saying i grew up in a in a house with a lawyer who was like a diehard catholic so <laughs> trust me a lot of reading of the bible was done and i was like exhausted so um i i, I do have feelings about you know the way this you know churches uh kind of like have these rules and like Going away for two years to me sounds really like a like a stream. I don't know. Doesn't seem. Uh, it's a young kid putting like in situations that not only he might like you said maybe as a missionary he's not trying to, but he might take advantage of people around him. But he's also probably going to be take advantage for people who are superior as him in, in the church environment, you know, because of power. Um, I uh, I mean. Is is that's a personal choice? I mean, he 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 chose that, and um, and I I kind of feel like maybe Lisa didn't want him to do that, but she yeah, she wanted supportive. him to go to college. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think it's also kind of like quote unquote controversial because we are in a franchise where like maybe like eighty percent of the cast is Mormon, but it's like bad Mormon. Like <laughs> Heather Gay tries to brand it. Yeah. You know, we have the Heathers of the world. We have the witness of the world who are trying to like, you know, step away from, from that church and seeing a cast member who has a, a son who wants to do those uh, missions, who wants to be that involved in the church. Uh and maybe they compare that to their own experience with the church so i'm pretty sure that's gonna be a topic of conversation uh, like many times on on this season 
Yeah, I can definitely imagine. And I think it's great to do service, especially, you know, if you decide to put off college, if you don't go to college, I think two years of service is fantastic. What I don't think is healthy in any situation is cutting off communication between a person and those who know them best. I feel like that is a sort of coercive way of getting people to almost be brainwashed. You can't talk to anyone. You can't connect with anyone it's um i don't think that's healthy like you don't have any choice that then believe what you've been fed and that is like you said brainwashed i mean you don't have any options because if you cut communication with people around you then you don't see different sides of the the coin exactly putting it that way you know you only see the same side because that's what you've been told okay this is what you need to believe this is what's happening this is how you act this is what you do and i mean you just go with it because nobody's gonna say okay that's wrong but you're just following what you were told yeah i think it's really dangerous um yeah to just to cut off the communication that that's what i think is the most dangerous of this whole thing plus you know a lot of the stuff within the church is quite negative towards lgbt people anyone that just like lgbtq what anyone that doesn't fit the exact mold is an outcast and is treated as an outcast and i don't think that's you know (laughs) great (laughs) yeah i i i just hope that at least uh if he is happy doing it, he comes back home and, and just pursues something else afterwards, like maybe college or... I mean, he. I'm surprised that he wants to do this because he has, you know, businesses that he was very excited about for the past few seasons. So I think I that was his mom pushing him. I don't think he ever had any interest in anything that she was pushing him to do. Fully. Probably. It was not Maybe a that's passion. why he chose to go away for Right? Years. And he's like, I'm different than you and dad. I'm like, is that because you want to actually live a true Mormon life? Because Lisa does not. I mean, she thinks yeah. that she can have it all by saying that she's Mormon and running a tequila company. And yeah. the quote unquote, like people who really follow um, the LDS church, like that, you can't do that. You can't. Yeah. You know, it's like saying you want to be an Orthodox Jew and then not keep Shabbat. Like, that's part of what yeah. it means to be Orthodox. You don't want to be Orthodox, like, become conservative or reform. You don't, you know, like, it's the, yeah. but I don't think the LDS Church has other versions, right? Like, in Judaism, there's so many different ways to be Jewish, but I don't think there's yeah. that many different ways to be Mormon. Co- listeners, correct me if I am wrong. Yeah. Correct yeah, me. Yeah, please let us know because, like, <laughs> like I grew up Catholic, but I know that there's, like, different ways to be, like, right. Christian. Because Catholic kind of, I mean, it's kind of like the same as Christianity, but there's different like type of Christianity. So I guess like, I mean, I, ha- I never heard like other version, like you said, of their church. So I'm not sure either. So please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, two final questions. One is, do you really think Mary uh, Meredith is upset with Whitney or is she just trying to like... I mean, it just seemed insane to me that she was more upset about Whitney making a joke about the bathtub than potentially saying that she did ketamine. Like, come on. Like, this this can't be what you're truly upset about. And I actually don't think she's that upset. I just think she loves being upset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? I was uh, watching that fight between Whitney and Meredith gave me so much happiness <laughs> because it's so stupid. 
But it makes great TV. Like, who fights over a bathtub? Nobody. That is so outrageous to me. Like, this is so, like, crazy that, honestly, it's given, like, early seasons, like, Housewives. Like, back in the day when they didn't have anything to fight over, but they will fight over the most stupid things. But we as viewers, we will see, like, those are rich people problems. Like the Maluf hoof, the Adrian Maluf. Exactly. <laughs> like joke, you were fighting over a shoe. <laughs> it's so funny. Or like, and that's why I love the new New York because yes. they have been fighting over the dumbest thing, but it makes great TV. They fight over a cheese platter, a caviar platter, a who's not fitting who, over a restaurant they didn't want to go to because it's not like the in restaurant anymore. So those, like, really dumb arguments make great housewife moments, you know? They do. They really do. And speaking of great housewife moments, Mary Cosby is back. And Uh. she gave us so many moments. I will not go into all of them. But I think my favorite (laughs) was when she said, Robert Jr. has a girlfriend. Some people are telling me that that's his wife. And they're like, you don't know if that's his wife? She's like, well, I haven't had a chance to ask. I know. Like... (laughs) Dying. I mean, that is that is so Mary Cosby is insane. <laughs> and like, oh, Robert Senior just got back from six months in oh, Vegas. Yeah, like, that's their marriage is so weird. <laughs> it's so unusual. It's like a business arrangement. It's not a marriage. I guess yeah. some marriages are business arrangements, but you know, if you don't mind that your partner is gone for six months, like at all, like it was great, like. <laughs> I, uh, Mary Cosby, it's one of those people that you run once in a lifetime in reality TV. And you're sad that she doesn't want to be a reality TV star because she doesn't engage much, but she knows how to produce moments. She does. I think she also doesn't want people like picking at her church anymore. I think that yeah. was sort of her red line. And she was like, I don't need this shit. Like, I, I don't think she's hungry to be a reality star. And the rest yes. of them are very hungry. And so it is quite funny watching someone who's just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to throw snowballs. That's stupid. Um, and like <laughs> everyone else just like go into town on the snowballs. Yeah. Like, what? And I, I mean, I, I, I love to get like super fun and messy with friends, but like they were way too excited doing that uh, snowball fight. Like, trust me. I'm like, you guys are putting on a show because you are on a show. But then we have Mary Cosby being just like a normal person and saying like, is that even funny what they're doing? Are they even having fun doing that? Like, I was dying. My favorite moment with Mary Cosby that night, besides the text message that she sent to Lisa, the oh Lisa God. was reading and she was even cracking up. She was cracking herself up reading it. It was so funny. Uh, but it was when they were asking, uh, Monica asked, like, who has read uh, Heather Gay's book? And people were like, and, and Mary said, like, nobody cared about that book. <laughs> text messages are insanely mean like i think she is such a mean person but doesn't necessarily clock that she's mean all the time you know like i i have heard that she can really lay into church members don't know if that's accurate if that's true 
But the fact that she can send a text message that says, you're the biggest idiot, you're a black widow, you're the biggest liar in Utah, you'll kill people with your nasty tequila. (laughs) You remind me of a witch, you're an evil person, you're not interesting, you're a horrible human being. (laughs) And then when they say, oh, how do you feel about seeing this person for the first time since you sent, you know, and she's like, oh, felt great. It was nice to see her. I like her jacket. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly was dying listening to that. I have watched that clip so many times because it gives me so much life. Uh, But the whole, like, you're going to kill people, you're nasty (laughs) tequila. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's up there with, like, you look like a whale trainer. (laughs) It's just... Some things are just so funny. And yes. I've never had Vita tequila, though. I really, I do want to try it. I hope they have some at BravoCon. I don't drink tequila, so I haven't like made the effort to. But if I run into a BravoCon, I'll give it a chance. I want to see how it tastes. Yeah, like in a margarita. I'm not going to drink like a tequila shot. I'm, shot, yeah. <laughs> I'm not 23 years old anymore. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> we're, We don't recover as quickly. Um, yeah, no. All right. I want to uh, talk a bit next about Atlanta because they had their yes. reunion. And for the first time since season three, it's a two-part reunion. Which, you know, at least we didn't have to go through fluff from the season. They got right into every single argument. We had She News, where Sheree is still going after Candy for God knows what reason, saying how all these bad reviews of her businesses, at least her businesses make money and have websites that work. You know? She has said. At least she has a business. Let's be clear. At least she does have a business. Right? You know, it's just... (laughs) That was wild. We found out that um, Mark mentioned the kicking of the door at the Birmingham Hotel and Marlowe in some court documents. So Kenya decides to serve Marlowe with a subpoena, except she didn't fill out the paperwork. So it was like a blank subpoena. It's just that fell flat. I mean, the only part I was really tuned in for was like, what is everyone going to say about Drew? Yes. I honestly I I I I'm not very like team true, but on this case I am very team true. Uh for many reasons. First of all, one thing that I hate, hate is when people weaponize sexuality. Like yes. stop doing it. That's not a dig. That is not a shade. Stop it. So when Marlo first started making fun of her saying like you kissed the girl and you liked it you kissed the girl you want to admit it you you just come out of the closet i'm like marlo that is so homophobic you're not even realizing it because you are uh bullying somebody into coming out of the closet that's exactly what most homophobes do to gay people and 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 anyone on lgbtq community when you are young and you're trying to find out who you are on your own you know that happened to me many times um, many people that I know had happened when they were young, where people are like, just come out of the closet, you know, blah, blah, blah. Those like, very homophobic comments. Um, so thinking that that's a dig and some kind of way to like uh, make somebody feel shame about who they are, it's nasty. And also because Drew had said it so many times that she's not interested in all the ladies, that she hasn't kissed nobody. Like, let it, let it go. Like, it's not a thing. It's really disgusting. And then we have 
Corny, who made a, a really disgusting comment uh, on that season finale, that when she was asked about it on the last in the reunion, she tried to deny it, and, and, and even Andy was like, "Yes, you did. You said it." You, you talked about Josiah. She said she didn't yeah. talk about her, your kid. It's like, no, the you kid. discussed her you child. Did. Yes. Okay, here's a question. The, yes. Do you think Courtney is the Tampa girl? Because she used I to agree. live in Tampa. She is. You think she I, is? I think she is. I mean, allegedly. And I just I don't want Courtney to send me a season the first or an empty supima now. Empty uh, <laughs> supima. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I... I I always had a weird um, feeling when she was first introduced as uh, Roth's cousin. I, I it didn't click to me. It didn't feel like they were true cousins for for some reason, and it felt like um, the way that Corny came after Drew out of the blue seemed like the way that a mistress will come after somebody because Drew probably did not know who she was, but it was very evident that the way that she was talking was very similar uh, to the way the, the, the Ralph talks about Drew or what Ralph wanted to think about Drew. So he gave me those red flags uh, like many times during the season. And I started to notice that many people out there felt the same way too. And they started to dig more information. Then they found out that she lived in Tampa. And it, it seems like uh, you know, is pointing out to me that she's not necessarily his cousin, you know, the, she's the unverifiable cousin, fake cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like her aunt is married to his uncle. So they're not biologic. They're not like uh, relate. We, they're related, but it's, um, it's almost like step not by blood. cousin. Yeah. 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 It's, so. it's, yeah. I don't know. She's, she's so nasty. I totally agree with the stuff about Drew. I don't think Drew should have gone after Candy saying Candy's a liar because that yeah. ignited something in her. But to say that someone is lying when they're when they're denying something sexual, like just let her deny it. Like, yeah. if, is there any other lie other than that? Because if you're saying that she's a habitual liar, you should have multiple examples. Yes. So that's what I was waiting for. Cause she kept saying, Hey, where else have I lied? Where have I lied? And you know, then production kind of was like cut to some <laughs> examples, but none of the women really were able to at in that moment, at least, or didn't make it to air. So that was, I also just thought it was shitty to go after her, uh, for candy to go after drew saying, you know, you probably gaslight him. And it's like, uh, we've watched the dynamic. We've all seen it play out on television for a couple of years. There's clearly a dynamic happening where he is manipulating her into questioning her own sanity. And it's nasty to, to side with him. The oppressor. Yeah, just just don't comment on it. And then for every single one of them to think that Drew and Ralph will get together tells me get back to tells me that they are so okay with toxic relationships. Yes, which is sad because uh, what Bravo doesn't need anymore is more toxic men in their shows because we exactly. have way too many. <laughs> oh my! Way gosh. too many. Well, speaking of potentially toxic men, although I have different thoughts, would love to kind of 
go on over to OC and get your thoughts on Ryan and Jen. Okay. Um, I, I, when, when it comes to that relationship, I, I'm, I don't know Ryan enough to see if he's actually one of those toxic, uh, you know, narcissistic type of person. Um, they seem to have a great dynamic. Like in their solo scenes, I never seen like a, a moment that gives me like a red red flag that the says like, oh no, he's using her or or he's abusing her or in any form or or shape. Um, I, I I find it interesting that the person who keeps talking about is Tamra, perhaps, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem that it comes from a place of uh, concern and it comes more from a place of trying to destroy her friend's life perhaps um, <laughs> you said that so casually trying to destroy, <laughs> destroy her friend's life perhaps <laughs> Ooh, like uh, evil yeah yeah <laughs> i agree no i totally agree i really think that my mind was shifted on ryan as soon as we met jen with two n's best friend who yes. was not trying to get on the show like that other Heather Amin. She just filmed a scene where she said, I really like him. I think he's great for you. I've talked to him more than I've ever talked to your ex-husband. He's more open with me. Uh, what are you holding on to? Like, what are you waiting for? What are you? Why aren't yeah. you moving forward? And I'm thinking, okay, if her closest friend is around them and thinks it's a good match and was around Jen for her whole marriage, that holds more weight to me than Tamara of all people. Yes. Like Wayne in or the other women who have not witnessed. Do I think it's not great that he has cheated on pretty much everyone he's ever been with? Correct. That's not good, but that's up to her to make that choice. Yes. And also, um, I remember when the whole conversation about this guy uh, came to be was when Tanra was trying to say that he was kind of like being flirty with her or whatever. That he said that he was like wanting to like fuck her or whatever. And she told she told Eddie about it. They made like a big issue, whatever. Um, I, it was. I'm gonna be honest. It was giving me more like she was jealous that yeah. Ryan didn't Which pick her so over Jared. It's so, oh, yeah. I'm so, that have other Heather who's like, oh, he's my best friend. She was given jealous, jealousy vibes too. It's like, yeah, I have really, really close friends who are straight men. And if they were to get together with another one of my friends, I would be like, awesome. Now I can hang out with you both all the time. You know, like I would be like, wonderful. You know, if she is friends with him and thinks he's a shitty guy and doesn't want him to be with her friends, then why are you friends with such a shitty guy? Yes. Right? Like, it makes no sense to me. Um, You know, I'm always excited when my friends have a new love interest. There's no reason not to be. And like, in, in very Tanra fashion, I I think that she brought Jen on the show to make her, her storyline because I mean, I, I used to like Tamra before for what she was, I mean, for what she can bring. But since she got on the show, it feels like she forgot how to be a housewife. She forgot how to actually be a housewife. We did not learn anything about her life in current situation besides closing the gym. And we talked about it for like 
half an episode. <laughs> Beside that, all she has done is uh, try to, uh, you know, attack Jen for God knows what reason, go after Heather for God knows what reason, uh, and that's it. The only time that she was ha- mildly enjoyable this season was when she was with Vicky because Vicky make her fun. But beside that, it's just been her trying to ride somebody else's somebody else's coattail. And I mean, a lot of people are saying that she the reason why the season is working. I, I have to disagree. I actually think that the season is working because everybody else is working their own personal storylines and also being involved with the cast as an ensemble. But I have no idea what Tenra has done beside acting like the Lisa Renna of Orange County. <laughs> wow. The Lisa Renna of Orange County. That is quite a statement. I, I have to agree, although I think she might be a necessary evil. Like she's a catalyst for the other yeah. women to kind of turn up. But what's fascinating to me is that I think she's calculating with going after Jen and she's probably starting to realize that, oh God, it looks like I'm picking on her and I'm being mean and cruel. So I'm going to recalibrate and now go after Heather Dubrow because there's no way the audience can like her, you know? And so I'm going to go after her. And lo and behold, I think the audience is kind of like, okay, why are you going after her? Like, why do you have to always go after someone, Tamara? And I also think that she produces Shannon and Shannon doesn't realize it. She says little things in Shannon's ear. You know, you hear her when Shannon didn't go to the event and then they were all on FaceTime and she's like, well, you know, I think that blah, 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 blah. And then she says the exact same thing then the next day to somebody else. Yeah. Shannon doesn't realize that (laughs) Tamara is her friend, but also on the context of the show is producing her. She's literally making Shannon go crazy. (laughs) And it's embarrassing for Shannon too, because uh, as somebody who walked into the season hoping to cheer for her, the more and more she talks, the more I dislike her. And I'm like, and I'm not a Shannon fan, but I I I can see how you know you can like her. I mean, it, she she's kind of like a necessary fun for the show. But this season has been she missed so many times when it comes to like. Um, having people to support her not even with the whole john thing i feel like like i feel bad for her or anything no i didn't feel anything i was like you need to stop talking to the cameras and asking to stop filming because now then if you don't want to be on this show don't be on this show you know um again like you said like i think tanra also um kind of didn't think the fans were going to side with Heather because I've been a Heather Dubrow fan since day one. I uh, like my I housewife. love Heather Dubrow. Me too. I like my housewife rich, wealthy, and not afraid not not afraid to flaunt it. And and people who who like I don't know who who are more like once again, maybe because I've been watching Housewife from the beginning, I want my housewife to feel aspirational. You know, like I want the lifestyle so badly. I want a wall full of champagne bottles. That's what I want in my life. You know, um, I don't care for little casita Gina because I, I think my casita is like maybe five times bigger than her casita. So <laughs> I, I don't care for that. You know, uh, so uh, yeah. So I think Tamra didn't 
didn't think the fans were going to side with her because Heather has always been like a polarizing, you know, member. And seeing the shift of many people who didn't like her to liking her just because they don't understand why they're going after her and making making it feel like, oh, she's bragging. But in fact, it's like if she shares anything about her life, she's bragging. If she doesn't share anything, she's just been way too private. So like pick a reason to go after her. You know, you can have it both ways. Exactly. No, I'm a Heather Dubrow fan. I love her. I get annoyed when people call her pretentious. Well, she's a little pretentious, but to say that she talks down to people and uses big words, I'm like, guys, pick up a book. Like, get to her level. Why does she have to go down to yours? You know? Exactly. Come on. It's not that hard. She doesn't use that wide of a vocabulary. It's just, yeah. it's no different what? than how Meredith Marks talks. Thank you. And you know what it is, too? I think the fact that um, a lot of people see somebody using maybe one or two words that are not used on the daily by anyone. Uh, they just like, oh, she's being pretentious. I'm like, no, maybe she just happened to like books and read and have a wide range of vocabulary. Also, when people say, oh, she just likes to flaunt her wealth. I mean... Last season, she invited Gina to go to New York. They took their private plane there or whatever. Uh, that's not flaunting. That is actually being a friend. I want a friend with a private jet to take me <laughs> around. I don't care. You can flaunt all your, your, all your wealth. I don't care. But like that's really cool. So then to use it as, as oh, she's just flaunting her wealth. I'm like, well, that's the whole... I don't know, people. This is... I, I don't know if you guys were not there when the conception of housewife... Uh, came to be but the whole premise of this show is extremely wealthy women having rich people problems so maybe you should start watching all seasons where literally every single item that they purchased the price tag was on our screen because that was the whole point seeing those obscene purchases seeing those crazy trips funny thing is when people talk about Heather Dubrow being like oh uh, you know, she's always trying to talk down to people. I'm like, yes, because guess what? You put a woman who's worth over like 60, 80 million dollars with people who are worth a million. Obviously, I mean, their, ta- their tax bracket and their power of acquisition is different. So it's going to look like she is she's more wealthy because she, she's wealthier because she really is. You know, but I don't think but, she thinks she's better than people. I really don't. No. I just think that she has been warped by having so much money that the things that she says are so out of touch and the other women still remember what reality is like for the majority of the U.S. population. And so they're like, oh, she's so out of touch. But little do they know, we want to watch this wealth being flaunted. I'm so exhausted with them going after her for everything that she does because then she can't do anything right. And then she's like, okay, well, if I can't do anything right, then I'm not going to share with them what I want to share with them. Now, do I believe she planted the story about herself getting selling the house? Yes, I believe she planted the story. Do I believe that she has planted paparazzi to take photos of her and her husband? Yes, I believe that. I don't think that makes her. I don't think that's like a problem. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like she it doesn't make any sense. She's calculating now. I love Shannon Bedore, even though I think that she's getting almost I don't take her side in pretty much any argument. But I love her. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love her. And, and like 
I, I, I want to remind people how even Beverly Hills came to be. I mentioned before that that was my one of the franchises that just changed my life. Beverly Hills came out in the in the in the mix of one of the biggest depressions in American economy. Mm-hmm. Everybody was struggling for money at that point when that franchise came out. Uh, you know the housing, uh, uh, the housing uh, the system bubble. like collapsed. Mm-hmm. Everything was was happening in America. That it was wrong with the economy. That's when Beverly Hills came out to the point that Broadway was scared to release it because they were afraid that the pop the you know, people were not going to watch it because they didn't want to watch people flaunting their wealth on national TV while people were struggling. And guess what? We tuned in because it was what we wanted to watch from escape. It was escape from what was happening in reality. So fast forward to now. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if because society has changed or or people's point of view has changed or maybe because the viewership age has shifted and a lot of new people like a like younger generation are watching housewives people complain about like heather dubrow flaunting her wealth on tv and like did you watch it when beverly hills first came out when people were literally struggling hardcore back in the day and we tuned in to watch it because we wanted to watch uh lisa vanderpont's one like 10 million dollar home i mean like come on like like that's that's the whole point of housewife we need to like uh realize that um uh, some houses are needed for the franchise to be elevated, and that's what Heather Dubrow did with the OC. Because I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it before Heather Dubrow, it was just soccer moms living in the suburbs in the OC, it was nothing special. Uh, but then here comes Heather, who has all the wealth of the world at her hand. Uh, it elevated the, the show to the Beverly Hills level. So there's a side of me who wants her to move to Beverly Hills because women's in, in that area don't think that she will be like a uh, a pretentious person because right. that's what They're they mingle like with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She is wealthy, though, even by Beverly Hill standards. Like, I yes. think she is. They are incredibly, incredibly wealthy. I just like her. I like how she's handling her kids, and there's so much going on there, and it's such a highly politicized thing to have a transgender child right now and i think she is navigating it beautifully um, with her son and also protecting him at the same time and i think i i commend her and every time i get frustrated with how she behaves i then see her with her family and turns it around for me and once again, and that's what makes her a great housewife. I mean, she knows how to be part of an ensemble, and she also knows how to bring her own uh, family story to the TV and her own personal journey. That is what it makes a great housewife. Um, okay, I'm looking at my notes to see if there's anything else. I mean, oh, Emily being so drunk at Heather's HD party. I mean, that was funny there are a number of times i laughed out loud like when she said could you put hd on more things (laughs) (laughs) but i mean and emily is so fascinating because she's just pissed off that heather told her i know someone talked about you at bravocon but that's in the vault and i'm not going to tell you yeah that's a super annoying thing for heather to do but she thinks it was shannon and i actually now it seems like it was tamra regardless then just come out and say 
that's really shitty that you're telling me that someone was talking bad about me and you won't tell me what they said or like, come on. Yeah. I, I, I was dying laughing watching that scene of her being like really drunk because uh, there was a part where she said like, I haven't had anything to eat, but like eight glasses of champagne. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Emily, this is the first time that I can relate to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wait, why haven't you eaten? Why are you drinking so much champagne? Like, come on, get together, girl. But I, the thing that I, and I said this when I was on She Speaks Bravo this week, but I feel like when Emily gets really drunk, it's accidental truly yes but when Tamara does it's calculated and then she uses it as an excuse later on for her behavior whereas emily is just like i got drunk i'm sorry i (laughs) it happened when she walked away to go to the bathroom and she was like opening the curtain and she just closed in a very dramatic way and it was Mm -hmm. so obviously like a drunk person's reaction and everyone is looking at her like oh my gosh it's it was so funny. And then Shannon seeing Dr. Moon and coming up with a colonic home colonic. I did not know I did not need to know that <laughs> at all. <laughs> I mean I'm just like, girl, like all of these scenes are of you getting things stuck up in your ass. Why are you and then she, I think the the purpose of this is here's a home colonic that won't get stuck. <laughs> I think that was like <laughs> I think that's like the branding, really. It's like it's all one thing, so you can't get a piece stuck up there. <laughs> oh my gosh, no! I, I uh, Shannon is one of those people that uh, everything seems so funny when she says it. Like for some reason, she has a, she might not even realize that she is being funny, but whatever she says and whatever comes out of her mouth is just so hysterical. I was dying laughing when uh, off when gassing. Tamara told her. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, oh god! I'm never going like, to recover from off gassing. I know it's my favorite. God, I... It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! No, I was going to say like when when Tanra told her that Heather sold her house for fifty five million dollars, and she's like, "Am I jealous of that?" Yes, I was like. Yeah, like, it's like, I love how honest she is. She can't be yeah. anyone other than Shannon Storms Bador. And that's why I appreciate her, because every time she's on camera, she's authentic. Even if she's holding back things about her relationship, yeah. she's still being her authentic self. You still yeah. can see that there's something bubbling under the surface. <laughs> she's got problems. Yes. <laughs> she's like, I am so happy I have a normal relationship. We get in fights that paralyze me. <laughs> These are normal problems. <laughs> and we all like, uh, I don't know if paralyzing is a good feeling or you're having an argument with your partner. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so funny. I am loving this season of OSA. Okay, let's end with The Real Housewives of New York. I know you're really yeah. enjoying the new franchise. I'm enjoying the new franchise. Do you f- feel like me? Okay, this is how I feel. I feel like the women like to gossip about one of the people is what I've noticed. So for a while it was Jessel and now it's Jenna. And I just don't think they realize how bad it's coming across because they think Jenna is going to come across as this hoity-toity, I don't fly coach. And really she's opening up to us about 
this extremely difficult genetic disorder that impacts her teeth, her hair, her skin. And we're really, she's letting the audience in, but she seems to not be letting the other women in. I agree. When they show those photos of her getting the surgery in her mouth, like literally picture of her gum with no teeth and like screws in her. I was like, I love Jenna for this because many housewives have had the opportunity to share something like that. The ugly side of, of something because they want to portray like, you know, perfection, especially like when it comes to their uh, physical appearance. I appreciated that so much because it made her so relatable because this is something that somebody's going through uh, on the screen. And I'm pretty sure many people out there are going through this in silence too. So having somebody to like, look out and say, like, you know what, I'm going through this and I feel seen. I think that's a great, great moment. Um, and like you said, I, I, I mean, I love Bren and I feel like she missed the mark with those comments about Jenna uh, I do think that Erin was uh, uh, kind of exaggerating yeah, Jenna's reaction. Yeah, uh, she made it seem like she she said it like in a very like snobby way when she was just being like funny and you know sharing with her uh, her genetic uh, you know journey. And she, I don't know if it was calculated or not, but she omitted all that part and just focused on the fact that she said, "I don't want to fly coach," and I. I'm going to be honest, I hate flying coach too because I have <laughs> severe anxiety like when I fly because I, I get claustrophobic. So I need to be in areas where there's only two seat stops so I don't feel like I'm trapped. So I mm-hmm. get like for some people flying needs to be with some kind of accommodations. So I was like, Aaron, if I had the chance to fly every single time in first class, I'm going to take the opportunity. So please right. <laughs> buy your own ticket, buy your own ticket. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I feel like they sort of missed the mark. I have you had any of the women where you've like completely turned around on them? You weren't sure how you felt, or maybe you didn't like them, but then after you know they've kind of grown on you. Jessel, same for sure, one hundred percent. I mean, uh, maybe the first episode, first episode and a half, you know, those like two episodes, I was like. I don't get too much. I don't know where you're coming from. You don't seem like connecting with anything that is happening right now, but I'm going to give it a chance. Uh, then I don't remember exactly what she said, but there was a moment that I was like, oh my gosh, I just love you. And you're so like, your mind is like, I want to study it. I want to be your friend. <laughs> I want to listen to what you're saying because sometimes it doesn't make any sense, but for some reason makes sense to so, yeah, Jessel is one of those uh, cast uh, choices that uh, they got it right because you might you might think that you were going to dislike her and you end up liking her a lot. She is so funny. I think the moment for me was watching her and her husband sort of argue, but in a very funny way. I'm like, oh, yes. there's real love there. Like, they're making fun of each other, but... They are also having a conversation. They're saying a lot without saying that much. Like, there is something very real happening between the two of them. And it's funny because a lot of people, especially from the first episode when she was talking about, like, the lack of, like, sexual activity in her house. um, And a lot of people online started to say, like, oh, they are going to end up getting divorced. But then 
then watch them interact as a couple, you realize that their connection is deeper than just like, you know, lack of sex or whatever. Like they do have a partnership. They complement each other. Like you said, they can make fun of each other and they still laugh about it and just keep it moving, you know? So those type of dynamics are strong qualities of a very stable relationship. I agree. So I, I think that they're great. And, um, it's, it's always fun to see uh, house husbands who are not that involved in the drama, perhaps, uh, because I like my house husband to be just accessory of the housewife, not the the drama, Joe Gorga. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, I, I, I appreciate that about the New York house husband. Like so far, All of they them. understand their place. They like even even size husband like oh, I want to go to Aaron's party. I'm gonna stay home. Yeah, and it's funny because I, at that party she's like, ah, oh, he he just decided to stay home, and she said that to Aaron, and like without realizing that like might be a little shady. But I'm like, yeah, he's not invested on like coming on the on the show and be on TV all the time. He rather stay home watching whatever he was watching on TV than going to Aaron's uh, anniversary party. Yeah, no, I I find all the husbands to be great on yeah. New York. Absolutely fantastic and very attractive. All of oh, them. Oh yes. Yes, 100%. <laughs> so, I am I am here for that. I also love how half of them are married and half aren't. I appreciate yes. like the mix because it's just more stories, right? You get to see three different types of relationships and then you get to see three different types of people who are single and navigating dating. I agree. I mean, and, and you have Brent who has been like engaged and stuff. Three and times. That's he, wild. <laughs> but we really kind of learned this episode why she says yeah. when whenever she thinks about starting a family, she says family to me means run. Bad, bad, bad. That's literally the yeah. quote that she had. So when she starts thinking about forming her own family, it's like too overwhelming and you know, it sounds like she's been doing so much therapy, but it's it's really hard to overcome some of the things that she experienced. I mean, she shares so many like personal stories during that Thanksgiving party. You know that they had like a Friendsgiving. You know, she opened up to the girls, and then you, you and you get to see that side of Brent that we don't see much because like she always seems to be a very like like bubbly, funny, trying to make like crack jokes type of persona. But then you see her like you know breaking up like breaking because she's sharing like how you know her family was not at a stable environment so i totally get why for her uh forming her own family might be triggering you know yeah no i i get it and i i appreciate how much she's opened up i appreciate all of them truly i and i don't know we'll see what happens next week but i I do feel like some of the women will end up apologizing to Jenna at the reunion. At the reunion? You? Yeah. I'm excited for this reunion. People are saying, like, what are they going to talk about? Guess what? Every first reunion is always like that. Because this is the season where you get to know the ladies. We yes. have met... We have we have known all the ladies and, like, all the franchises for so long that we forget how first reunions are when you don't know anyone. And it's literally they're gonna ask each other a question and they're gonna you're gonna get to know them and uh, wrap the whatever drama have going on so the next season comes along and then you know them more so they come into the the, the the next season knowing each other even more. Because 
a lot of these ladies uh, are meeting each other for the first time while filming and as we are getting to know them too you know um so i do agree i, I think there's going to be a lot of uh apologies uh around the couch uh when it comes to the whole jenna situation i agree i think so too oh my gosh well eddie thank you so much for joining <laughs> <laughs> like this was so fun we tried to get through four different episodes so Kudos to us for actually <laughs> making it we through. We did it. Tell everyone where they can find your podcast, where they can find you online, and anything else you have to plug. Yeah, uh, well, you can find my podcast on every single streaming platform that you listen to your podcast, like Apple, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, whatever you use. I'm there as Martini with Eddie. That's a Martini with T E N O T E A. Yeah. Uh, I'm really bad at spelling. Uh, <laughs> uh, Martini with Eddie. Also, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. If I mean, if you really want like the, the you know, the most active uh, uh, platform, you just got to follow me on Twitter. I post like every day, all day, Bravo 24-7. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's what I am. I'm pretty much everywhere. And I would love for you guys to uh, definitely just go and listen to the podcast because... Uh, a lot of hot takes are taken. <laughs> <laughs> you give a lot of hot takes. I hot takes. love it. I absolutely love it. I'm so excited to meet you at BravoCon. And we will be ta- we'll be uh, drinking champagne. Uh, we'll get some Vita tequila. <laughs> or Vita tequila, yes. <laughs> okay. I'm excited for this BravoCon. Oh, so excited. Me too. You have no idea. I, I'm I'm making sure I get my COVID booster like two weeks beforehand. So Yes, because it's <laughs> gonna be a lot of people that you're gonna meet. Like last year I got so sick for like two days. Thank God it wasn't COVID, but I do know a lot of people who got it after the after uh BravoCon. Got I got sick, sick yeah. because I was just so exhausted. Right. Because you have to be ready. It's a non-stop surreal experience oh my gosh i'm gonna bring comfortable walking slash standing shoes and like electrolytes <laughs> bring, bring a lot of electrolytes <laughs> because last year my my biggest mistake was that i started drinking the moment that i uh, i was already drinking on the plane because i i, like I, said, I was I, i'm in upstate <laughs> so i didn't want to drive to new york city because i'm really up up here so i took a plane from vermont I started drinking in the plane because I always get nervous. So I told the oh, uh, uh, yeah. the flight attendant, like, hey, do you have anything that you can help me to like help me with the nerve? Uh, I got this cocktail. This vodka cocktail was so heavy in alcohol that when I arrived in New York at like 9 in the morning, I was already drunk. And I stayed drunk until the Monday morning. So <laughs> oh, I think my I need gosh. to like, manage my alcohol this time better so I can actually enjoy the whole experience. <laughs> Yeah, I probably won't drink at all during the day. I just don't. I don't think I'll be able to. I'm. Not, I can't handle it anymore. I'm too old. <laughs> Good luck. Okay, <laughs> we'll there's, see. There's, we'll there's, see. There's alcohol everywhere. I'm oh probably. gosh, I'm probably not going to be able to abide by that. <laughs> well, so excited. We definitely need to have you back on the podcast. This was so fun, and I hope Please. you have a great rest of your day. And and I will have you on mine. Sure. I would love that. <laughs> yes. 